off to some moonlight Shining on the Allegheny Pine I stun a lap of starlight Where the green briar river winds Oh, you've got me reminiscing On a place I've been missing And it eases my mind You give me that feeling Like I'm crossing that mountain state line Oh, because you're Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www. IamTurkeyHunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting, and also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at TurkeyHitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 237, Hen Fight, a West Virginia turkey hunt. And I am your host and the guy who added another check mark to a blank box. And that always makes me smile. What does not make me smile right now, though, is that we are 310 days, 9 hours, 11 minutes, and 30 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So that was Wyatt Turner with his song, You Remind Me of West Virginia, opening the show this week. What do you think? I'm going to be quick with my intro and outro again today because I have another long episode for you, and it's a pretty cool one as well. Because this past week, as you may have figured out from the intro music, I went back to West Virginia for the second time with a shotgun in my hand, and, well, there were shots fired. So I'm going to let you guys listen in on the story, and I just happened to have my buddy Zach Lucas On this week's episode, Zach lives in West Virginia and was kind enough to invite me on a turkey hunt one day while I was there. And he was kind enough as well to help me out with some public land information. So listen in closely as Zach relives the story with a little audio from the hunt thrown in there as well. And I'll see you guys on the other side. 
Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you guys that I have on the line with me tonight my buddy Zach Lucas from West Virginia. And Zach is a listener of the show. And Zach, I guess, first reached out to me earlier. It may have been late last year, but it may have been early this year. I had, I'd have to look and see and wanted so a little bit of information about hunting in Georgia, where I hunted, that kind of thing. And so he and I texted back and forth a little bit. We actually had a, a conversation or two at that time. And I never made any mention to Zach that I was going to be coming to West Virginia to hunt because at that time, I really didn't have any plans to go to West Virginia to turkey hunt this year. Well, so right before the beginning of season, I knew that I wanted to throw in another state for this turkey season. And other than Arkansas and Louisiana, the closest states to me that I have not killed in are Michigan and West Virginia. And so, and Michigan's really not all that close, but it's out there by itself and I haven't killed there. So I wanted to kind of, and I do want to go ahead and get that one marked off the list because it fills in a gap in that part of the country for me. But, and Arkansas and Louisiana seasons were already going to be out. I already knew that. So I knew that I was not going back to Arkansas for a second time this year, and I knew I was not going to make it to Louisiana this year. So really, I started looking pretty heavily at West Virginia, and I knew from my previous trip to West Virginia about three years ago that I could only hunt until one o'clock there. And so I mentioned to my very sweet bride that I may want to go to West Virginia and hunt and asked her if she wanted to go because I could only hunt for basically a half a day. And that would give me and her the other half of the day to hang out together. And so she said she was in. And once Alabama season ended, I started trying to figure out where I was going to go in West Virginia, what part of the state I was going to hunt and when I was going to hunt. And so I jumped out on the West Virginia Turkey Hunters Facebook page and threw a little four or five sentences out there about what I'm trying to do and killing a turkey in every state, so on and so forth. And now I lose track of a lot of you guys that listen to the show and reach out to me. And it didn't click in my head that Zach lives and hunts in West Virginia. And Zach would be a great resource for me to reach out to, to ask about turkey hunting over there. Where should I go? What are the birds doing? So on and so forth. Well, fortunately for me, Zach responded pretty quickly to my post on Facebook about, hey, where should I go? What time should I be there? Should I go the second to the last weekend of the season or should I go the last weekend of the season? And Zach and I had a couple of conversations and then we continued on and texted with one another and I kept getting some pictures from Zach of some dead turkeys and I was getting a little antsy there thinking that I might miss my opportunity because my wife and I decided that we were going to come up there to West Virginia the last weekend of their season, which was this past weekend. And so, and now I'm saying weekend, and this really was not a weekend because the season ended on Saturday at 1 p.m. And, and looking at the weather forecast, the forecast looked 
very iffy when I was looking at it last week. So I mentioned to my wife, why don't we leave on Tuesday? And that'll give me Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning to hunt. And if I need it, we can stay and hunt Saturday morning. But if I don't need it, we can leave and go back home Friday afternoon because we had a birthday party for a nephew that we wanted to try to make on Saturday. So she agreed. That was the plan. I'd reached out to Zach and told him that that was the plan. And Zach mentioned to me that he was hopeful that he would be able to break away and hunt with me one morning. Well, things went a little off kilter from there. And (laughs) what happened is Tuesday morning, my wife and I loaded up into the truck, started towards West Virginia. We got about 30 minutes from home, and she was not feeling well. And so we stopped at the dock in the box, and... While she was in the dock in the box, I pretty well had made my mind up that we were going back home and we were going to travel Wednesday, which means that I would be hunting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning. So when she got out of the doctor's office, I told her, I said, look, let's just go back home, give you the rest of the day to relax, not have to worry about traveling not be uncomfortable sitting in a vehicle for eight and a half hours, and let's get a fresh start in the morning. She was not real keen on the idea to start with, but she didn't have a say-so. I was driving. So (laughs) we turned around and we went back home, and I texted Zach, and I said, hey, change of plans. We're not going to make it today, so we'll be leaving tomorrow, and I'll be hunting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Zach then let me know that he was not going to be able to hunt with me Thursday or Friday because of work and some constraints that he had there at work, or some issues that he needed to take care of. And so I had my public land spots picked out. I had my plan together to hunt Thursday and Friday and Saturday and then Zach and I actually met up for lunch Thursday. We had a late lunch, and he said, hey, there's a chance that I may be able to break away for just a little while Saturday morning and hunt with you and get you started, and we can go and hunt one of my farms that I have permission to hunt. And I said, man, that'd be awesome. I'd, you know, first of all, I'd love to hunt with you, and secondly, I love seeing different trees and different dirt. You know, I think we all do as hunters. I think we've all got a good bit of explorer in us. And so I was looking forward to that. And we stayed in touch over the next day and a half. And it turns out that the weather, even though it rained and really was not ideal for turkey hunting, it turns out it worked out in my favor because the conflict that Zach had and hunting with me Saturday morning was his daughter's softball game. And because it had rained pretty much most of the day on Friday, the softball game got canceled for Saturday, and that meant Zach and I could hunt together the entire morning. So there was a plan put together. We met up at the gas station not far from one of the farms that Zach has permission to hunt, bright and early in the morning, and... I did my best to keep up with Zach on the way to the farm. 
up and down the mountains and around the curves and everything else and he drives them all the time and I do not so I was much slower but he was kind enough not to leave me (laughs) and we got to the farm parked and I can't remember how big this farm is, Zach, but it's a couple hundred acres. Is that about right? Yeah, it's about 125 acres. Okay. And so we park down in the bottom, and there's a person who has some cows down in the bottom, down in the field down there, and that's where we parked the vehicle. And we got out of the vehicle, and and Zach said, okay, we're going to follow this road down through this bottom, and then you see that hill up there. The road's going to zigzag up that hill, and that's where we're going to get up to the top of that hill. That's where we're going to listen. And he said, but on Monday when I was here listening, there were three turkeys roosted on the side of the hill very close to the road that runs up there. And so, you know, we may stop before we get to where those three turkeys were roosted and hoot and see if they are there. And so we did that. We got... Actually, we didn't even have to hoot because an owl started hooting as we were walking up the hill. And we heard a turkey gobble off across the road on a neighboring piece of property. And we decided at that point in time we would go on up to the top of the hill. We got to the top of the hill and those three turkeys sounded off. And they were actually on the next ridge over. And another turkey sounded off straight down the ridge that we were on. And so Zach said, I'm pretty sure I know where this turkey is and where he's going. There's a little bench down here that I think the turkey will come to. So let's go down there and get set up. So we started walking down that direction and we got, uh, what would you say, maybe another 75 feet in elevation lower than the top of the ridge when the turkey gobbled again and you said, hey, he's not this low. He's actually up higher up on top of the ridge, just down at the end of the ridge before it drops off down into the bottom, down into the field in the bottom. So he said, let's get back up to the top of this ridge and close the distance a little bit and see if we can find a good spot to sit up there. And Zach had a couple of decoys with him that he wanted to put out as well. So that's what we did. We kind of walked along the side of that hill up to the top. And when we got to the top of the ridge, there's a cow pasture to our right and a barbed wire fence to our right. And to our left is just some beautiful hardwoods and pines mixed. I mean, it's beautiful timber and beautiful country. And so we're walking towards where this turkey's gobbling. And Zach says, hey, I think this is a really good spot to set up. These two trees right here are right on the fence line, and you can shoot the pasture, and you can shoot the woods, and I think this is a good spot to set up. Well, in looking at it, there was no way that I could disagree with what he said, because it looked like the ideal spot to set up. So, Zach walks on up, maybe 20, 25 yards, puts a Jake decoy up, puts a hen decoy up in the woods, probably, what would you say, Zach, 15 yards inside the woods line? Yes. From the pasture. And we sat down on a pretty good-sized tree. There were two trees side by side. They were both very big trees, but we sat down against the same tree, and I was facing down the ridge, and Zach was kind of, Zach's right shoulder was, was pointed down the ridge towards where the turkey was gobbling. And so, Zach, 
I'm going to let you kind of take over from here because I know what happened from that point, from my viewpoint, but I want to hear your side of the story from your viewpoint because I'm sure my side of the story is going to be a little misconstrued and and might not be 100% accurate. So I'm sure that... I'm sure that you're going to tell it the right way and, you know, it may shed a little bit more light as to my abilities, maybe. So (laughs) tell me, after you put the decoys down and you sat down, kind of run us through the story of the hunt and how everything unfolded from your point of view there. All right. Well, right before I set the decoys out, like Andy said, we heard this turkey goblin out this ridge and I've been on this farm for probably 16 years now and killed a lot of turkeys on it. Know it very, very well. And I think it's just part of what I love about turkey hunting is that when you hear a turkey gobble, your wheels immediately begin turning as to where he's at, where do I need to get to. You know, you have to make all these moves and you have to make them all I mean, not every time do you have to make them all right for it to work out, but you want to make every move right because that ups your odds. Every move you make that's the correct move obviously makes your odds higher. So, And then, you know, the pressure's on for me to get Andy a bird since I invited him to come and hunt with me. So, you know, we hear this bird on this ridge. He's out on the end of this point. I know the point well. I know it opens up into nice hardwoods down there, like he said, and I know we're going to be right on the edge of this pasture, which is short grass butted right up against these woods that this turkey's roosted in. So I know that that turkey on a gloomy, kind of drizzly day is probably going to either come onto that open hardwoods ridge or he's going to go into that short grass pasture that's going to be right to our right. So I walk out. We got probably 150 yards from him or 125 yards or so, and he, the last time he gobbled, I felt like he was right off of the toe of the, of the point. And I felt like we were going to be in a good spot. We found those two big trees, like Andy said. And another thing that really caught my eye there was there was a big deadfall branch tree behind us, which broke us up totally. I mean, we could not have been seen right there. Big trees wider than our shoulders with a big deadfall behind us. Right on the fence line, allowing Andy to shoot into the field or into the woods, like he said. So I walked out told him to sit down, you know, and and I was going to walk out and stake the decoys. And as I walked out there to stake the decoys, uh, I out hooted with my natural voice again to see if he would gobble and he didn't. So, you know, then I thought, well, we just need to be patient. He's already flown down. We're in a good spot, like we said. So it's just going to be a waiting game at this point. There were other turkeys gobbling around us, you know, just sporadically. It was the last day. So we were just going to give it our best shot right there. So we sat down Like you said, I was on his left, and he was facing right out the ridge where the turkey was at. And probably after he flew down, he didn't gobble for a little while. So we knew that he was on the ground, possibly had a hen, but, you know, we didn't know. It was late in the year. You know, turkeys tend to fly down and pretty much shut up. Probably 10 or 15 minutes go by, and and a turkey down in the holler to our right starts gobbling pretty good we're doing some soft calling and and you know i I did get a little bit excited like i flew down like a hen flying down the turkey down in the holler to our right started gobbling really well and i told andy i said now be ready because even though that's steep over there i called a turkey clear across that holler last year and so it's not like that turkey won't come 
that turkey did come down, and I thought he might come up to us, but he stayed down in the bottom, gobbling pretty decent. And then the turkey on the end of the point started gobbling again here and there. Then a turkey across the road started gobbling pretty good. So we had, you know, several turkeys gobbling and answering us. And um, a couple minutes later, I, I saw something out in front of us fly from my left to my right, you know, kind of pitching onto the ridge that we were on. And I told Andy, I thought... It might have been a turkey, but I wasn't 100% sure. And it was probably just a few minutes later, and we heard a hen out there, and she was pretty close to us. She started yelping. I started, you know, having a conversation with her. closed the distance but she went up into the pasture and around Andy's right out of sight there was kind of a little lip or a little roll in the field right there and she went around us and in you know behind us and we thought well she just went on on out the field so we sat there calling on and off for a while 10 minutes maybe and then I set the call down and just we were going to play the waiting game and see what that turkey did and then we had a deer come up to our left, and we actually had multiple deer come in and in and out, in and out, but they they liked to come up to our decoys and look at them, and then they would just sniff around a little bit, and they never did see us or smell us or anything, but they walked a trail, a deer trail, right past me and about 10 yards from me and just walked on, you know, around the hill. That happened a couple of times, and we thought that they were going to end up messing it up for us. But luckily, they went, you know, back to my left, which was away from the direction the gobbler was out on the end of the point. So after that, I gave a call, and the turkey finally gobbled because we were actually thinking about getting up at this point and maybe moving out towards him a little bit because he hadn't gobbled in a while. And so I was sitting there thinking about our next move and what we were going to do next. And I thought, well, I'll give a call and see if he responds. And if not, then we're going to crawl. There was a big log out in the field that was right before the rollover where the ridge rolled down onto another bench in the field before it rolled down into the holler. And I felt like that turkey was down on that little bench. So I felt like our next move was going to be cross the fence and belly crawl to that big log and see if we could see him down on that bench or call him up to that point. Well, when I called, he answered, and sure enough, he was down on that bench.
Okay, so I'm going to jump in here real quick. All the shuffling sound that you hear for the next few minutes and you've heard for the past several seconds, that's me scooting my rear end around so that my left shoulder is pointing more towards the edge of that field because my left shoulder was pointing more towards the decoys, which were about 15 yards in the woods. And being a right-handed shooter, I needed to move myself over and get my left shoulder pointed more down that fence line so that I didn't have to be a contortionist to get a shot at that turkey as he's walking down the fence line because it's pretty obvious at this point that he's coming towards us along the fence line, along the edge of that pasture, and he's definitely closing the distance. And started responding to us pretty well at that point. The, the turkey across the road starts responding really well. And so we've got, you know, a couple birds gobbling pretty well at this point. And we called and he had moved up towards us a little bit. The next time I called, he was closer. So I, I told Annie, I said, get ready because I, I believe he's coming and I think he's going to walk right up that fence line. Yeah, it can't be there. 
the next time we checked him, he gobbled again, but he was kind of in the same spot, not really moving. We didn't really know what the holdup was because I felt like he was ready and he was getting ready to close the distance, but for some reason he was just, you know, taking his time. So we let him simmer for a few minutes, uh, no calling or anything, and I picked up my call again, and I, I think I cut on it just a few times, and the hen that had walked, you know, kind of around us before answered me, and she was very close behind us probably 30 yards or 40 yards behind us she immediately responded to me with some cutting and some yelping and then she got very excited I'm excited cutting and he he hit that immediately so I hit her back with some excited cutting and me and her began to communicate back and forth have a conversation there and he was gobbling at it very well picked up the intensity of his gobbling as we picked up the intensity of our sightedness. So I'm having this excited cutting conversation with this hen, and she decides to close the distance. She comes up right over Andy's shoulder on his right and walks right past him at about 10 yards, cutting and yelping the whole way, and walks right down the fence line right to where the gobbler is at. And I think both me and him thought the same thought probably about the same time is that, oh, that's not good, and this is probably over. Yeah.
but we did see her when she went down to drop off. She went right past this that big log I was talking about, and she veered into the woods, you know, veered left into the woods that we were sitting in. So I thought, well, and I, I, I remember mentioning it to Andy, did, did she veer into the woods? And he said, yes, I think she did. think that that might be good because she might pull that gobbler into the woods and they might walk right up this hardwoods ridge to our decoys and you know it might be right right here in our face pretty much well right as soon as she went into the woods it was probably not 30 seconds later and i saw tail sand come up up the pasture you know he had he saw her obviously saw her and then he he came up that extra little bit where i could get a visual on him and saw big tail fan come up and then I saw his whole body, you know, full strut, and he was just kind of dancing back and forth there. And I think I saw him first. I think he was kind of behind a tree for Andy. Yeah. And then I think he kind of went to the right a little bit, and that's when you saw him, when you got eyes on him. dancing there he gobbled once or twice and then it got really exciting because that gobbler had a hen with him that we didn't know about 
which obviously was kind of his holdup as to why he didn't come quicker than he did. But he had a hen with him that was right over the roll of the hill that we couldn't see. And the other hen that had just walked by us, they must have not liked each other at all. And they got in a huge hen fight, jumping up and down, swatting each other, fighting purr. And that gobbler lost it and started gobbling. I think I think could you see him at that point too Andy? Oh yeah, I could see him at that point and you know it was it was kind of humorous and now I'm focused. I for all practical purposes have blinders on and there could be somebody standing a foot off to my left with a gun pointed at my head and I would never know because I am so focused on what's going on because before we saw that hen that was with him and before the hen fight started, I, I kind of felt like he might he might be in range. And so I was thinking, you know, should I shoot? Should I not shoot? And then I thought, well, there's no reason to at this point. He's not giving me indica- any indication that he's not coming our way. So Right. He was facing right at us. Yeah. So then when the hen started fighting, it was it was really kind of hilarious even though I'm being you know so laser focused on him because when the hens would run off the side of the the ridge that we were on in that field fighting he would run over to the edge and look because he didn't want to miss any of the fight and then they came they fought and came around that blowdown that was in the field that old tree that was dead and rotted and fallen over in the field they came around the end of that and he comes around the other end on our end of it and and comes around it so he can watch him and he's not missing anything. I thought, man, that was, it, he's no different than us. <laughs> yeah. We, whether it's yeah. a hen fight or a gobbler fight, we want to watch it. Yeah, he didn't want to miss any of it. And he was, like we said, he was facing, I mean, he was facing directly at us the whole time those hens were fighting. He never wavered or turned or, you know, danced towards them or anything he stayed facing us walking parallel to that fence right our direction the whole time and he would speed up a little bit and slow down so he you know didn't lose sight of them 
but he continued to face us and and he continued to gobble at them fighting and you know gobbling right at us and so he just continued to basically walk right along that fence and i would say he got probably within 30 yards and i told andy i said you shoot him whenever you're comfortable i'm just sitting back here soaking it all in you know it's it's very rare that i get to go and i get to hunt without a a gun or without a camera with me and with the rain in the forecast i just decided decided to leave the camera at home just go hunt and enjoy the the hunt and and that so that's what i was doing i was just sitting there comfortable enjoying the hunt and i think i did give that that turkey just a little bit of calling while them hens were fighting just to keep his attention that there was another hen up this fence line I knew that he wasn't going to be able to see us or make us out in that setup that we were in. And so, yeah, it pulled him right up there to about 30 yards. And he was full strut, I believe, when you shot. Yeah. And you shot him, uh, shot him the first time. I say the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Shot him and, and he jumped in the air and it was like he was trying to get his wings under him and he couldn't. I just remember it looked like a bowling ball trying to get off the ground or something. Yeah. And I, I, I remember saying, shoot him again. And you shot him and rolled him out of the air. and from that point it was just madness for me because all i could think about was get to that turkey as quick as possible because i knew where he crashed how steep that hill was and i didn't want him going to the bottom of that holler so i tore my vest off took off running jumped that barbed wire fence three strand or four strand barbed wire fence and took off after him well, you were behind me, and you crossed the fence as well, and I was already to the turkey, I think, when you come up over the roll, yeah. and the turkey was standing there. It was really strange, because I was going down there to grab him, and I went to grab him, and he was standing there very dazed and staggering around. I mean, he was basically dead, but he was standing there, and I wasn't going to grab him, knowing good and well that he could, you know, spur me or something. Oh, yeah. So I remember backing off and saying, Andy, shoot him again, and you shot him again, and that was the you know, the final straw, and he, he went down, and I grabbed him up at that point so he wouldn't roll to the bottom of the hill. And then we high-fived, and we were both shaking pretty bad, and yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Watch out.
どどどどどどどどどどどど
for the past several years. So yeah. I wouldn't, if I were you, I wouldn't hesitate to come up here that weekend. And so obviously now I don't regret the decision to come up there when we did, even though I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because you've got a lot of friends up there that turkey hunt, but I think there were a lot more turkeys killed that second to the last week of season compared to the last week. Yeah, I would say so. And and I think it was weather dependent too, because I think that the, I mean, Monday and Tuesday of the last week were very good. And I know a lot of turkeys died, but then we got into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which were the days you were going to be here. And it got very humid, very muggy, rainy, and really wasn't conducive to turkey hunting so a lot of turkeys didn't die that day a lot of turkeys weren't gobbling those days and and it was like that all season it seemed like you would get one or two good days a week and then it would be you know three and three in a row that were bad and then every weekend of the season rained mm-hmm. and, you know at some point during the saturday it would rain and so it was just it was just a weird year you never had those turkeys that broke loose mid-morning and got away from hens you had gobblers with hens all the way from start to finish but you just gotta you gotta be persistent and like i was telling you you know when we were hunting that you know that particular farm that we killed on got hunted four times this year by you know by us and you know that that way those birds were pretty fresh they weren't messed with and and I think that is a, a big factor, too, if you can, if you've got multiple properties that you can bounce on and stay on active birds or stay on fresh birds and not overpressure, not overcall birds. That definitely helps, especially late in the season. And like you said, you know, I've had extremely good success the last three years on the last day or the next to last day getting on birds that gobble just as good as they would the first day Mm -hmm. and i just i don't know i think it's i think it's attributed to several things this year was was kind of a weird year like i said but you know i think i told you this uh, probably three three or four years ago west virginia moved their season up a week so traditionally the old third week was my best week to always kill turkeys well the old third week is now the last week so, you know, the last week of season here now has always been my favorite week to hunt. I find that, you know, most years, not necessarily this year, but most years, those turkeys in that last week are older class birds that have, you know, have lost their hens. They're searching for that last receptive hen, just like an old buck would in the rut. Mm-hmm. They're searching for that last receptive hen and that's the time you kill those old long spur turkeys and that's the time those old long spur turkeys will work that they wouldn't work early in the year when they had 10 or whatever hens with them so yeah yeah i don't don't have any problem hunting the last week as long as it don't get too hot which we were fortunate that you know your first couple days was was hot and muggy but we were fortunate that that saturday was beautiful i mean it couldn't have been i mean other than a little bit of drizzle that we had it was pretty much picture perfect you had pressure above 30 and it was a little bit cloudy but cool cooler temperatures we weren't sweating so that helped a lot yeah i think that did help a lot in that at least got that gobbler to where he was more vocal and and more active i mean you got to think about how uncomfortable you would be if you put on a black thick down coat and walked around 
outside, up and down hills, in the woods, when it's 85, 87, 90 degrees outside. Yeah. And I'm not even talking sunny in the 85 and 87 or 90 degrees. So With thick with thick air and heavy pollen doesn't help either. No. No, I mean that that has to have an effect on how active, how vocal, how fired up a gobbler gets that time of year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It 100% does and and I think you mentioned this earlier on that I had hunted that farm with my daughter on Monday of the, of that last week and that morning I thought was going to be a really good morning because the pressure was good and stuff, but the humidity level was much higher Monday than it was when we hunted on Saturday. Now, I did hear five turkeys gobble on Monday, and they gobbled pretty well on the roost, but after their feet hit the ground, they never made another sound the rest of the morning, and the humidity level continued to rise and get get really high. So I think that 100% you know, the humidity level being much lower, it was much cooler on Saturday when we went, led to those turkeys being a lot more active, a lot more vocal, and working the way that they did. Yeah, well, I can't thank you enough. I mean, that was very kind of you to invite me over to hunt with you on what you say is one of your best farms, and I have no reason to doubt that that it is. And, you know, for me... To be able to mark West Virginia off my list after having been there once. And, you know, I I was not successful on the trip. In fact, I was the only one out of our group who did not at least have an opportunity at a gobbler. And West Virginia is a beautiful state. And I will go back to the state and probably will go back to turkey hunt at some point in time. But I was ready to get it marked off the list. And... I really appreciate your help in getting that done. And, you know, we got, I got a heck of a trophy out of it. I got some great meat that I'm excited about putting in the sous vide sometime in the not too distant future. And (laughs) it was an amazing hunt. Probably the best hunt that I've had in two years. I know it's the best hunt that I've had this season, but probably two years since I've had a hunt where there was just that much excitement going on. And yeah, I've I've hunted birds that have gobbled more than that turkey did, mainly because they were by themselves. But that turkey gobbled pretty well to have a hen with him pretty much the entire morning. And then when that hen fight started, man, uh, I mean, it was exciting not only for us, but it was exciting for that gobbler too <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Yeah, so, he got he got amped up pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but it was awesome, and I all I could think about when he was watching those hens fight, and he was hurrying to this spot to where he could see them real good, and then hurrying to that spot where he could see them real good, is, okay, those hens are going to go off down that hill fighting, and he's going to go right after them, and I'm not going to get a shot. And so I've also got this barbed wire fence to contend with and the fence post on this fence to contend with. And it, the barbed wire fence, I mean, it's literally off my right shoulder and runs straight down that ridge line. And that turkey's just on the other side of it. So, you know, when you're looking a longer distance down that fence line, those fence posts are really stacked up one on top of the other one or one in front of the other one. And I'm trying not to shoot a fence post. I'm trying not to shoot a strand of barbed wire. 
I'm trying to shoot a gobbler that's hurrying here and hurrying there, and I'm trying not to let him get down the hill and get away without me getting a shot at him. And I think just all those things combined caused me to pull my shot a little bit. And so I think that that's what happened. But it, it the shot got enough pellets in him to where he was not doing real sporty because he was gaining no altitude at all, even though yeah. he was flapping those wings as hard as he could flap them. So, yeah. Yeah, was, I mean, I think, yeah, you definitely had a very small hole to shoot through when I sat and looked at your at your perspective. You had a very small hole to shoot through, and like you said, you were trying to get him as quickly as possible before he dipped over that hill, and we might have got him back up there, and we might not have, and it was just kind of now or never type of thing, and you got enough in him, and like you always like to say, shooting once is just not as much fun, so... <laughs> Oh, so I'm just glad that you guys that listen to the show that I'm fortunate enough to be able to hunt with and have hunted with quite a few of you this season. I'm just glad that I've been able to prove to you that I really don't like to shoot just one time. (laughs) The fun is in the shooting. So, you know, that's a great day. I got to watch a hen fight. I got to listen to a turkey gobble at close distance. I got to watch a gobbler strut around. We got to see deer coming into the decoys set up and smelling them and, you know, how they just get real skittish and they jump back five feet, but they're stopping, you know, they slowly start to ease back in to sniff again. We got to watch that, and I got to shoot three times. I mean, yeah, uh, and I got a dead turkey. So, to me, that's a great day all the way around. I got to what spend some time in the woods with Zach. Uh, it just doesn't get any better than that. That's right. And one thing that we didn't say, too, is that that turkey had a, what would you call that, his toe? I don't know. I, I, don't, I wouldn't really call it a club toe because, to me, like it didn't been look caught by something. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like the end of his toe got cut off and was maybe had gotten infected and was starting to rot away i mean it it's it was pretty nasty looking it was swollen up and it but it didn't seem to affect him at all i mean you couldn't tell by looking at him he had no limp at all he he showed no favoritism towards the other leg at all and he was doing what he wanted to be doing that morning yeah very unique yeah it's a heck of a trophy i'm very pleased with him, very pleased with the hunt, and the entire trip up there was just great. You know, you guys up there, the terrain that you live in, the countryside is just beautiful, and I love the areas where there's fields down in the bottoms, and then you've got these hills leading up from the fields with big hardwood timber and pine mix. I mean, it just it's a beautiful place to be. So any of you guys who haven't hunted in West Virginia, I do highly recommend going. Um, You may get mad at me for saying this, Zach, but they've got a good turkey population and it is a beautiful place to be. So, man, thank you again. I told you the other day when we were there, you're getting an invite to come to Alabama regardless of how the hunt turned out. But I'll want to stress to you again 
anytime you're ready and you want to come down here and play with these old nasty turkeys that don't gobble, then you say the word and I'll see if I can't track two or three of them down, get them, get pins marked on them on Onyx and we'll go give them a whirl, see what'll happen. Sounds good. I'll be looking forward to it. I'm glad I was able to hunt with you and help you check off another state. It was a blast. It was. Thank you very much for everything, for pointing me in the right direction on some public land and getting me a hookup with somebody that's familiar with that public land and then taking me out Saturday morning. That was very kind of you. I, I really do appreciate the hospitality and the generosity. No problem at all. All right, buddy. Well, I'm going to let you get on with your evening. It's late where you are, and so if I were you, it'd be my bedtime right now. So <laughs> I'm going to let you get on with your evening, get back to your family, and do stay in touch with me. I'll do the same with you, and I'm looking forward to sitting down against a tree with you sometime in the not-too-distant future and having the tables turned, letting me do the calling and see if we can't get one in for you. Absolutely. Sounds great. It's been good talking to you, buddy. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. All right. That's all that I've got for you guys for this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed the story and the audio from the hunt. It truly was one of, if not the best hunt I have had over the last several years. I'm pretty sure that it's the best hunt I've had over the past two years. And I pray that the good Lord gives me the opportunity to have at least two more of those kind of hunts on my next trip. Hey, if you would, before I let you go, do me a favor this week, I'd really appreciate it. If you've been listening to this show for a while and you have not left a five-star rating and a review on your podcast player application, then I would greatly appreciate you doing so. All you have to do is look for the review button, leave a five-star rating, say something awfully nice about the show, assuming you're enjoying it. And if you're not enjoying it, why are you listening to it this long into the show? Your review does a lot to bring in new listeners to the show. When they see all of those five-star reviews and they're interested in turkey hunting, they're drawn in, and I appreciate that. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week. Oh
free.